Hello everyone and welcome to the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. In this episode, it's me, Just Omar again, and we are looking at the subject of solo play. Do we really play board games solo that much? Well, I actually do, so I will be able to tell you a bit of uh, my thoughts on the topic. Uh, we're going to have a look at one particular game that really caught my attention, and I've played it. Um, it's available in print and play, which is a really good thing, so you will be able to have a look yourself. And I'm talking about a game called Mini Rogue. Now, to give you a quick outline, Mini Rogue is a nine-card game. Yes, you've heard that correctly. It's a nine-card game. Interestingly, it's only a single-player game in which we become a roguelike guy, basically. If you've ever played any roguelike uh, game on computer, you will get the idea relatively quickly. But basically, what we do in a game, we become the rogues that delve deep into the dungeon in order to get Og's Lord, which is a giant ruby that we are trying to get from the bottom floor of the dungeon itself. As we delve through it, we have to go through different uh, chambers, through different levels, and we go room by room facing different um, different enemies, um, different encounters, uh, in a relatively simple way, which I'll explain in a moment. But I don't want to spoil too much before we go into it, so just to let you know, it's Mini Rogue time! And I'll be with you in a moment. Okay, welcome back. So, like I said, we are looking at Mini Rogue as an example of a solo board game. So, before we go into the game itself and before I give you more information about it, Let's have a look at, generally, at the topic of playing solo. Well, this is one thing that I've had quite a lot of time whenever I spoke with some of my friends who aren't board gamers, and they were asking me, oh, how was your weekend? How was this? How was that? And I would actually say, yeah, you know, I played a couple of board games. Also, you had friends come over to your place. And then I would utter the dreadful phrase, no, not really, I actually played on my own. And the look I always get is the one is kind of, they either think I'm really dumb, or I'm basically lying, which is, interestingly, is neither of them. At least I hope it's not, in terms of being dumb. But basically, uh, not really. And for many people, it's a weird thing to say that I've been playing board games on my own. It, it sounds really weird, and it's like something you don't really expect to hear when people are talking about board games. And I, I that was my initial reaction too. I mean, I understand that reaction, because initially I thought board games are... This, the social event, really, like playing board games with your friend, that, that's what it's all about. But as the time went, past, by, went by, as the time passed, and as I had more and more issues scheduling a good games night with some of my friends, I actually started looking more into it, and I've noticed that some of my games have just the solo play option, and by now, I actually bought three games with intention of playing just on my own. So, I mean, of course, I, I'm also playing with others, but the initial purchase was made with an intention of, I will play solo. And to be honest with you, they've been quite good purchases. One of which I keep talking about, which is Star Saga, which I played 
with some with some of my friends as well, but mostly solo, and it's a really solid game. But that's a topic for later because that's a game I want to talk about along with Michael. So you might have to wait a bit uh, for it. Though I do promise there is Star Saga episode coming, and hopefully sooner than later. But going back to the topic of playing solo, it's one of the topics which many people look down upon. And then within the board game community, I don't think it's that much of an issue. Because if I will say I played on my own, they will most people will possibly ask me, oh, what, what game have you played? What was your experience? So they will be quite curious to see what are some of the games that play solo really well. But if you talk with someone who's not that much into board games or is, let's say, like a casual player, they might give you that weird look. From my perspective, um, after playing... After having played quite a lot of different games, many of which I've tried in different numbers of people as well as solo, I don't think it's that it's just awkward anymore. Um, I've played Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle before the review on my own as well as with some friends. I've played Star Saga extensively finishing most of the campaign um, solo. I've played um, Mantries of Madness solo. I've played Dark Souls Solo, I've played Pathfinder card game on my own. Pathfinder adventure card game, to be exact, the first one, the Rune Lord set. I've played one of the games I got from Kickstarter, which is called Godforsaken Scavengers. And lately, I stumbled upon Mini Rogue. And, and, and since I played it, I started looking, okay, how come I actually missed, how come I actually missed the Kickstarter for it? Okay, so I mostly saw print and play of that game, and I don't think it actually has been published. And why? Because I've been trying really hard finding anything about Kickstarter times, dates, and the only thing I found was actually um, information on the Board Game Geek forum where people were saying, okay, when is the Kickstarter coming? When is the Kickstarter coming? And this is from 2019, which strongly suggests that the game has not reached Kickstarter yet, apparently due to some of the problems with production and finding the suitable production company as well as publisher. And then I guess the only thing for us remains to either is to either print and play, and that's basically it, or wait till it actually gets on Kickstarter. Though I have to say, if it hits Kickstarter, I am definitely going to give it a go and I will be most likely backing it because the game is really fun. So now let me tell you really what we need. Well, for the game, what we need is nine cards, which make the dungeon, as well as the information about the boss, and two small planchettes. Let's start with the planchettes before I move on anywhere else. So we have two planchettes, and they um, represent two different parts. One is used for the dungeon itself and the monsters. So over there, we have information about the different areas of the dungeon, of which we have five, and different levels. So each area, has particular number of levels, and that's basically, let's say, like an outline or a map of a dungeon. It's all represented by just boxes on which we put our cube to keep track where we are, because this information actually is quite important for the monsters we face and other information, but, but that's basically it. Well, the other planchette, um, oh, sorry, also on the dungeon planchette, we've got the health tracker for the monsters uh, and the bosses we find and face throughout the dungeon. Um, the other planchette we use is actually the one for the player, and that has quite a lot of information. So first of all, we've got our armor, which mitigates the damage. So for each point of armor, that's like minus one damage we receive from monsters, though the armor caps at five, which is quite important in here. Then we've got our life, we've got our gold, and we've got food. 
Well, food is quite important because how food works is that after each time we defeat a level, we need to reduce our number of food because it, you know, we need to feed ourselves and prepare for delving deeper into the dungeon. Um, the last thing we have on the character sheet is spells, of which there are four. There is heal, spell, free spell, fire spell and poison spell. And we can gain them as we play through the game, though we can only have two spells at any time. And the last, last thing we have is our experience tracker, which is quite interesting. Well, experience is pretty much tracked by a die, which we put on a particular place uh, and it represents the rank. And as we score points, we keep tracking, so we keep adding the dots to dice. So we basically turn around the dice to indicate how much experience we've got. Once we reach six, we pretty much score the level and we get it. So if I'm on rank one, that means I only use one die whenever I perform any action within the game. Though as I continue, what's going to happen is that um, I will gain experience. As I gain experience, I might get another die, which would make me rank two, which is quite important. And I will explain to you why in the game mechanics, but that's basically it. Now, if I want to reach level three, I need to fill in the level one experience and level two experience as well, which means if in order for me to score the first level from, from advanced from first to second level, I need six from second to third. I would need 12 from third to fourth. Uh, sorry, there is no four, but to like actually reach the third level, then I would need, um, 18 experience and that's it. Uh, the, the maximum amount of dice, uh, of dice I can have within the game for fighting or anything else is four, which is that's it. So pretty much that's it. You can see that it's not really that much things. It's, it's relatively simple. Now, what about the nine card deck? Well, basically within the nine card deck, what we've got is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards of the actual dungeon. Oh, one card with the boss itself. And that's really it. Uh, I mean, there isn't much else to it. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so uh, realistically, we've got six cards which represent the dungeon, two cards that represents the trackers, and one card that represents the boss monster that we face at the end of um, the uh, different levels of the dungeons in different areas. So basically that's really it. But we've got nine cards and that's the whole game out of which six cards are the ones we will constantly be shuffling and using. One is for the dungeon, one is for the character tracker, one is for information about the bosses, his damage dungeon and so on, uh, the damage, the loot and things like that. So now what do we do with the game? Well, the game relies on D6s, so we'll need a bunch of these as well to keep track of experience and to roll them as we fight. But what we really do is we take the six remaining cards, which actually make the dungeon, we shuffle them and we put one in the beginning, of course face down, so we don't know what's there, we put one. Then we put on right to it two, one above the other, then again we go to one and then again we put two so we can kind of see the progression from left to right we have one room of the dungeon then two rooms of the dungeon then again one room of the dungeon then two rooms of the dungeon and at the end we put the card with the boss monster for the actual dungeon itself so here you go that's it the, the setup's done within 30 seconds pretty much uh, there isn't really anything else we can do here you know put the dungeon put the dun uh, put the uh, tracker put like a cube or whatever way you put to track the dungeon level put the character state put your experience put your health uh, your starting gold your starting food shuffle the six cards you used to do the dungeon face them down put them in the right order i just explained a second ago and we are ready to go
And basically what we do, we turn the first card. We have a look at it, we resolve it in whatever way the card says. Then we look at the other two cards and we look at both of them at the same time. And this indicates in a roguelike game, um, the choices I can, okay, do I want to go to the room on the left or do I want to go to the room on the right? Then again, I resolve this encounter, I go to the next room, which is again, just a single room. I look at it, do the resolve the issue, then I move further, look at it again. Well, basically there are a few things we can do over here and each card is different. So on one side, we've got a resting card. It's, that's our chance to get some respite. We can sit down, rest, and we have three choices to make. We can either get one experience, we can get one food, or we can rest and get two health and that's it. So that's the simple card. Then we've got a trap card in which we need to make a test, uh, which is called a skill check. Well, basically in order to pass skill check, we need to have a number on a dice lower, equal or lower than our rank, which means as we begin, we only pass it on a one because we start with level one, uh, rank one. If I have two dice, then any score of one or two passes the test. If I have three dice because I'm on rank three, then one, two, three. And that's pretty much it. So the best I can get is 50% chance of passing the check. Um, there are six different traps. So I roll the dice first to see which trap I'm encountering. And I have a look, did I pass it or not? Um, another option is a treasure. So treasure is quite interesting because there are a few things that can happen here. First of all, we always get gold. And we get one gold if we haven't killed any monster. If we faced and killed the monsters already in this dungeon, we get two gold. And then we have a chance to roll the die on a five or a six. We also find our loot. We find an item, which means we roll the die again. We compare the value with the number and that's what we're gonna get. Uh, this is the way you can get all the different spells. You can improve your armor and so on. We also have a monster card, which is the one where we basically have to fight a monster. And the health of a monster is determined by the actual level number in which we are at the moment. So let's say if I'm on area two, a second dungeon, that's num level number four. So over there, that would be four plus a default. That's going to be the health of the monster. So if I roll a four and I'm on level four, the monster will have eight life and that's it. So now how combat works? Well, it's really simple. I just take all the dice available to me. I roll and the total is the damage ideal to the monster. As simple as that. I keep on the tracker. If it reaches zero, the monster's dead. Now, how the monster fight backs? Well, the cards tells me what is the flat damage of a monster that each turn it will deal to me. And that's pretty much it. The last thing that the cards tells us is also the experience points we get, which is really good because, you know, it helps you progress your, uh, per your character. It helps you progress your adventure. Now, another card we've got is Merchant, uh, where for money, as you can imagine, for the gold, we can either purchase items or spells, or we can sell some of the things we've got in order to get more gold. And the last one we have is an event card. That means we have to roll, and depending on our result, something else happens. So on one, we might get food. On four, for example, we'll get extra experience. We might get some armor, gold, or health. Or if we are really unlucky, on a roll of a six, we have to fight a monster. And let me tell you that this monster is actually more difficult than the one we face normally. So in an event, we can get something there. And again, interestingly, it's not that okay. For example, I got, um, let's say, I rolled and I got a health potion and my health is full. I still have a chance to mitigate it because what I can do is do a skill check. And if I manage to pass a skill check, I can do plus or minus one to my result, which means I can play around with it and perhaps give me a bit of a choice so I can choose what I really need more. 
But again, this is if I'm lucky. And that, that's really it. So these are the available rooms. We've got the monster we can fight, we've got the rest, we've got the event where we roll and something random happens. We have a merchant, we have a treasure, we have a trap. And we keep going through the rooms till we reach the last level for the actual dungeon itself. So if at any point I go and I read and I reach the last um, level for that particular area, then I go and I start fighting with the boss monster. And again, it's exactly same like with the normal monster, however the uh, damage and the life and everything is bigger, as well as reward, because um, reward will be bigger, I will get some gold, I will get more experience and I will get an item, which again I roll, and using the treasure card I see what I actually found at that monster. So I go through for example level 1, which has two dungeons let's say, so I have to go through all the cards once, I go through the cards again, I defeat the boss monster, once the boss is defeated, I go to level 2, and then I start again, and then the monsters will be more difficult, and the boss I'm going to face is going to be more difficult, and I kind of keep repeating it. Realistically, um, I played the whole game a couple of times really, and, and in the beginning it took me about 20 minutes, 30 minutes for the first game, because I was keeping track of things here and there, by now, I think I could easily play the game within 10-15 minutes. There are a few different difficulties and, and you can play on a really easy one where, you know, things are really easy. Or you can play, or you can play on impossible difficulty where pretty much you start with very little food, uh, you start with no armor, with barely any health and barely any gold. So if you're really unlucky and rolls don't really like you in the beginning, you, you might die really quickly. So yeah, pretty much. Now, as that hero, uh, we just go through it and we go through and we kind of grind through the same six cards for the different locations we've got and we grind through it, grind through it, grind through it until we reach the boss, we kill the monster, we repeat it the same on just slightly higher difficulty level and if we do it so many times and we finally reach the final monster, we kill um, the old Og itself and we get the diamond from his neck and that's gonna be it that's when we won the game and of course if we die we lose the game so th that's really it uh, there is not much else I can tell you about I, I really explained everything about the game so you can see that the game might sound simplistic and by all means I understand that it's not a game for everyone and not everyone will enjoy it for some people the game is gonna be just boring because like okay I, I just roll a die and I go for the same six cards and okay and I see the same monster and it's kind of the same thing but to be honest with you I really don't know why it clicked in so well for me um maybe it's the simplicity maybe it's the fact that I need nine cards and few dice and few things whatever even pieces of paper to just track my life and the dungeon and thing I basically need the cards which I can print and play I need four dice, let's say, to play because that's the maximum amount of dice we can have. And um, these sixes, in this case, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of anything to actually track the different numbers we need to track the dungeon, the health, gold, and and so on. And and that's it. Realistically, I can imagine this perfectly fitting into a box of mints, which is another thing that really thinks is like I could take it into my pocket and no one would ever know that I'm actually carrying a really cool mini game with me that I can play solo um, at any time. I really like it and um, one of the things I really enjoy is the, the style, the, the art style is really cool. It, it looks, it's a bit reminiscent of um, the Flash animations um, some time ago but it's really unique in style as well uh, and it looks really cool. It, it's really simple, minimalistic but I like it because it doesn't feel like, oh, okay, we've done over-the-top art for it. No, I mean, the minimalism of the art perfectly fits the minimalism of the game and um, the whole concept, the whole idea. 
Though even the game is, yes, 9 cards in total, and 4 dice, and few different bits or cubes or tokens, whatever you might use for tracking things, it's a really interesting game. I will definitely give it a go a couple of more times, I will definitely make Michael play it, so maybe in the next episode, if there is a chance for it, um, he will give you his thoughts on it, just as an afterthought. So that's really it, I mean there isn't much else I can say about it, but going back to the solo board games, well if you thought that solo board games are not really thing for you or you thought it maybe it's a bit weird or a bit sad even, that yeah I'm gonna sit myself and roll dice for myself, I mean we play computer games on our own because they give us the inner interaction, if the game is done well we can get the same interaction from here, and Mini Rogue is a good example that even though yes I just sit there and I roll some dice and I like check things and read things and just track bits, but it's actually really fun to do. Um, maybe I'm just the weird one that the game really clicked in so well with me, but I would say if you haven't, give it a go. I will put the link to the print and play version in the episode description, so you can have a look over there and print it out, you know, it's not gonna eat much of your ring. Grab a few dice, a few things to track it and, and just give it a go. Also, if you've got a tabletop simulator, um, you can download it over there and there is an official release available over there where you can playtest the game and I've got to admit it looks absolutely lovely because they've done all the math and all of that and it's all prepared ready so that's another way um, you can test the game. Um, another thing if you've never heard of Tabletop Simulator give it a google and come back to us in a couple of weeks time because we will be doing episode on it however there is quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of things going on and coming up in my personal life so in, we might expect about an episode or two more for the first season of uh, The Dog Ate My Meeple and then we're gonna have a bit of a break about a month's break or a month and a half depending how things go and we'll be back uh, before Christmas to continue and bring you some more board game podcasting, shortcasting, chatting, banter and all the other things board game related. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, um, let us know. If you don't know yet, we've got a Facebook fan page, so if you perhaps would like to stay in touch, you would like to let us know what you think about it. If you want to get updates on the newest episodes, make sure to go to Facebook and find the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast fan community, and you will find us there, you can get in touch with me, you can get in touch with Mike, we are always there for you, happy to hear what you think. As you can imagine, we are a really small community right now, but you know, spread the word, spread the love, let others know, and um, that we are there, you can find us not only on Anchor, not only on podcasts or Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify or whatever else you might be using, but we also exist on Facebook now where you can find us and add us to your feed so you know what's going on and you can keep in touch with us. And with that, thank you very much for listening to our very short, again, short episode on playing solo. I think that's a topic we might revisit again in the future though, at the moment, I don't want to bore you to death with it, I wanted to give you like a quick outline of what Mini Rogue is, what are my thoughts, and as you can guess, I actually enjoy playing games solo, um, that's possibly going to be a discussion when Mike is back or where uh, we might have some guests, guests as well to talk about it, but for now that's everything for this episode. Like always, thank you very much for listening to us, thank you very much for being a fan and spending your time with me to actually have that monologuous discussion, let's say, it doesn't really make much sense, but you know what I mean by it. So thank you very much for being with us, thank you very very much for your support, thank you for spending your time to actually listen to my random banter on the board games. I hope you enjoyed this episode, I hope you will enjoy any future episodes and I hope you will be back for more board gaming love from the Dog Ate My Meeple crew. So thank you very much, take care, happy gaming and we'll be again with you in two weeks time.